Welcome to the Critical Twits podcast, live from the bunker we've built in Aaron's garden in a futile attempt to survive the imminent apocalypse and resulting collapse of society. We've got food, medicine and a secret plan to eat Colin when everything runs out. We've also got all our news and views on all and any forms of gaming, be they video, board or tabletop role-playing games. What else are you going to do when the world ends? I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Ravinsky. And I'm Colin Howard. And the reason we're huddled around the warmth of Aaron's laptop, eating what we found in next door's bin, in that we may have overdosed on the apocalypse slightly. (laughs) The apocalypse is everywhere. Uh, Post-apocalyptic gaming, post-apocalyptic TV shows, post-apocalyptic everything um, is currently the rage. Oh, people even say that these days. I sound like my dad. It's all the rage. No, no one says that. Do they? Funny enough, though, that was a post-apocalyptic game. Yes, right. yes. Oh, it's actually yes. It was a cunning plan. Yes, <gasps> rage was rubbish. It, it, was, um, it was boring uh, as hell. It wasn't that bad. I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Two, two to one, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, moving swiftly on, then. Uh, <laughs> um, Fuck you, then. What? I swear we're the podcast. <laughs> as we're huddled here um, in the cold and dark. What kind of apocalypse are you hoping for that you think you'd have the best chance of surviving? What, well, what are we going for? Are we saying, what, like, zombie apocalypse, nuclear apocalypse, natural disaster? Natural disaster, yeah. um, super plague, like Stephen King's The Stand, or a really, really hardcore game of pandemic involving real germs? No, I'm, I'm truly fucked with that. I mean, I, I knew you die playing pandemic most of the time, but that's <laughs> I can't resist eating little jelly cubes. So, yes, do we, do we favour a zombie apocalypse? Do we think we've got the skills to survive in a zombie apocalypse? The problem with the zombie apocalypse, that it's a bit overdone. It's been done so much that if a zombie apocalypse actually happens, we'd all go yawn just, just and not ca- and it. not do anything. Well, yeah. maybe we could do it ironically. Uh, <laughs> yes, I say the zombie apocalypse has gotten so overdone. There's there's a jogging app for it. That yeah, that's zombies, yeah, which, that's which I use and is quite helpful. What's so it called? I, Plug it. Zombies run. I, it's worth a download if you want it. Ignore the cash five k one. It's a bit poo. But the um, the proper app is is very good because there's a nice base building bit in it, oh. and it tells you your base has been attacked. We're running out of these supplies, so you go out for a run to collect the supplies, and it kind of encourages you to do it because you feel like you're actually achieving something for a game rather than making yourself healthy, which is boring and slow. And nobody's really interested in that. Yeah, no Does one it wants to do that. Tell you a story through your earphones as you go. And yes, things like, that. like a yes. radio play and stuff as well, so you don't get bored on the That's job. That's really awesome, but does bringing the point that zombie apocalypses are overdone to death and actually I feel as if if there was if there is an apocalypse and it's not zombie based none of us are going to know what to do everyone will be propping up corpses going yeah it's a zombie just to try and feel better about the apocalypse it, it would end up like that uh, quick cut in Shaun the Dead at the end of it where, where we turn them into a game show yes. rather than really yeah. being scared of them anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, we killed a million of these in the game once. I'm not that worried. Yeah. We'd immediately know to shoot them in the head. Yes, that goes without. Uh, so every movie you watch goes, what do we do with this? We've all seen Dare the Dead. Yeah. And then they call them walkers or the infected, which is why it's a zombie. Yeah. yeah, it's just, just yawn. I'm going to ironically murder it with my hipster beard. Depends if they're fast <laughs> zombies or not. Yeah, I mean, if it was the normal zombies, even as a shambling asthmatic, yeah. I could probably survive the zombie apocalypse. Yes, as long as um, we could just go pace. for a wander. And, but, uh, the, we do live in a field in the country, though, so yeah, it's not going to be that different. 30 people before the zombies are not really a concern anymore. That's true. true. 
I'd, I'd be worried that the zombie apocalypse would strike uh, during my walk to work, at which point I might be mistaken for one of the shambling undead. Because <laughs> uh, I do groan <laughs> and drag my feet um, at that time in the morning. Um, what about nuclear? What about nuclear apocalypse? Do you think we could we could survive? Do you think the uh, the bunker is strong enough? Now, well, we've made it out of wood, so probably, probably not. Oh yeah, there's, there's, there's fire in a nuclear apocalypse, isn't there? I didn't think that through for a while, guys. Sorry. Well, we'd be fine from the what, what, EMP at least. The microphone yeah. won't, but the the, the wooden yeah, box room. So if, if the sound completely cuts out or it sounds rubbish, it's because of an EMP blast. Thank you, Colin. You've saved me a load of work. Hey, no problem. <laughs> no nuclear apocalypse. No, I, I thought about that, and then I watched Red the Road which just made me really depressed and even yep. reading about the apocalypse made me want to kill myself yeah and then I watched an old 70s documentary called Threads don't know if you've ever oh Threads yeah, yeah. that frightened the living shit out of me it gave me back that cold war oh god we're all gonna die well we're getting there again now aren't we yeah. all this travel with Russia if, if you want to see a documentary that really goes digs down into what would happen should a nuclear war start to emerge and start to happen. Although it's from the 70s, so some of the information probably isn't 100% accurate. The haircuts are wrong. I know. And all the clothing, they never survive in... in Polyester jumpsuits? Polyester, yeah. Um, Terrible for holding back radiation. Not like the good genes of today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's well worth a watch because it'll go into you know what the government would do, what happens to individuals, to the point where you know if you've been to protest, your name's on a list. So because you're a risk, they'll put you away while they're trying to sort out martial law and things like that. Honestly. What about a plague-based apocalypse? I'll be dead. Entertainingly, there's just too much wrong with me. I can't even... It takes me about a week and a half to get over a cold, yeah. let alone a virus that'll wipe out, what, 90% of the population. Yeah. So I want so many drugs, my immune system couldn't cope with, like you said, a cold, let alone a plague. Yeah. See, I catch everything going round. Um, but compared to you two, I'm a fine, sturdy specimen of a man. Oh yes, you the... may have the best chance of surviving. That's um, true. But you know, all the constant coughing and sneezing down here in the bunker will probably annoy me, so I, I wouldn't go for that. No, uh, necessarily. What about like a strange apocalypse? Like everyone went to sleep and just didn't wake up. And oh, you mean the, the alternative apocalypse is that a pop up in stories and yeah. films every now and again. Yeah. Some of them are quite interesting. I don't know whether it's the films or, or the books, but they're never adequately explained enough. No, that seems to be a thing with uh, particularly like, indie sci-fi films and stuff, which tend to do that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. here's a scientific event, but we're not going to explain it in any way, shape or form, because no. we don't actually understand how it works. No, we haven't got a clue really interesting. how this has happened. So we'll do a film about it. It's like um, Earth 2. I don't know if you've seen that. I quite enjoyed that, actually. I didn't see Earth 1. Oh, I see. It's all right. Puns. Every time with yeah. the puns. Is it good? Yeah, it was quite an interesting film. A second Earth and a moon just appears ah. randomly one day. Well, and um, nobody's too sure what to make of it. They can't really communicate with it for a while. Invade it and take their oil. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Did they do that? No. Uh, no they they said that um, it, the whole film is based around... It's, uh, woman and a guy I can't tell how she knows him because that ruins part of the story but okay. um, um, you know kind of connecting and, and just from one on earth to another no then it's from the same planet that's, just, that's just one a of them story, goes on, 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 a, on his 
is uh, going for the mission to go to uh, to ah, okay. so that's how it ties in stuff. But it's it's got this whole interesting premise. Explores it occasionally with news art of things like them communicating. The, the sort of UN president talks to herself on Earth too. He's also trying to communicate back and is confused over the line and things like that. So it's you know implies that everything's identical. Right. Okay. Um, but it's just used as a set piece for, for the end of the film. See, I I don't mind when they have something like that and no. it's not explored chances are if and when the apocalypse does come we're not going to know why or how it's happened it's yeah. just going to hit us yeah. yeah so for me just exploring the the human angle of what it's like when something like that happens is absolutely fine i don't need to know exactly why i don't like it when they try to crowbar in every single zombie movie um, it feels they end up at the place they were trying to cure it or the place where it first happened it's like well no that's one tiny little place in the whole wide world yeah. Most people aren't going to experience that. It annoyed me at the end of the first series of The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean... Because that bit wasn't in the comics. Never seen no. it. Never seen The Walking Dead. Get bored with zombie stuff. Yeah. You... It's more about the people. Yeah. I have heard that, and I would actually like to watch it. Uh, when I finally get my internet, we'll be getting Netflix. So um, I'll be watching The Walking Dead. But when it first came out, I did go, it's a zombie programme... They'll run over here, one of them will die over there, we'll have a stupid person over here, there'll be a blonde girl who has sex with somebody else and then she'll die, and all that boring, cliche stuff is what I thought it was going to be. In the interest of balance, other streaming providers are available. (laughs) (laughs) Unless Netflix pays us, in which case, then we'll we'll promote you all the time. No. Um... (laughs) Jeremy Corbyn would be disappointed in your <laughs> In this momentous week, you've chosen your side. <laughs> we agreed that we would be rubbish at surviving any form of apocalypse. Oh, that if I was, if I, I'd be surprised if I wasn't dead by the first day, and I'd definitely be dead in about three. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much call for sarcasm in the post-apocalypse, there so I've really kind of lost my niche yeah, there. Yeah, I, I would be one of those bodies that people walk past and realise that this guy is drowned in two inches of water. <laughs> really confused as to how that's happened, and that will be me in the apocalypse. I will be a stupid death caused by something. Excellent. So, why do you think there's such a fascination with the post-apocalypse? Well... <clears throat> as as society, well, not as society recently, sort of thing, but fall of Rome, yeah, caused what could be argued as a kind of an apocalypse scenario for the areas that was had under control, yeah, because they lost yeah. what they were used to stability and things. Britain so, definitely reverted, lost five hundred years worth of progress. Yes, yeah, we still pro. You look back at it, we still progressed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Things like that. But yeah, we lost Just a lot not... of the infrastructure and yes. things we were used to. What we would call now civilization and yes. reverted as such. Well, arguably anyway. So we know it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, you've got every every civilization, bar the ones currently about, has fallen. So the Greeks, the Romans, yeah. um, Aztecs, um, the Mongol hordes. Yeah, all the other ones from history. You've got Wikipedia, just look it up, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, we know that's, that's a distinct possibility, and then as we mentioned uh, before, we the Cold War and things like yes. that, particularly, I mean, that was a long period of time where everybody had this kind of background knowledge. I mean, some of our listeners may not have actually 
lived through the height of it as we have because we're old. Um, but there's always this back, there's always a background knowledge even when you were young that theoretically somebody could accidentally push a button and kill you all. Now it still exists, but it's it's downplayed a lot. Yes. It's just not as media portrayed, so we don't feel it as much. But again, generations have kind of grown up under that. But we, we could die within set minutes. But we have James Blunt. And James Blunt will save us from the apocalypse. James Blunt will save us from... Yes. You look bemused. I really have. Have you not heard this story? Did you not know? James, oh. James Blunt prevented World War Three Because it's beautiful. What? Uh, did, he, did he slowly massage Putin? <laughs> <laughs> this was before Putin. Uh, yes, this is when mm. he was a captain in the army. Ooh. And um, wasn't he... In I can't the remember. Balkans conflict, I do believe? Mm, yes. yes, and wasn't he told to attack an enemy base? He was told to fire upon the Russians. That's and right. And uh, decided not to, disobeyed his orders. Yep. And... By his own story, averted World War Three because he didn't fire upon the Russians. To be fair to him, it could have escalated quite quickly. It's the world, the world, thing. we all had our fingers on the trigger buttons yeah. at that point. Everyone was waiting. Well, um, considering that you know, uh, I think it was in Finland, satellite was launched from there. They told the Russian embassy as well, the American embassy, that's what they were doing. The memo, somebody forgot to pick it up and read it out. And launched it, and that nearly side world free. So the tiniest of things could have set it off. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, all right, fair enough. Congratulations to him. I, I, I apologise for mocking his music for seven years. <laughs> this is quite an old story, isn't it? So I'm not. Uh, it was back. Yeah, it was, it was quite a while ago. But I'm very glad that you've remembered it as well, and it's not just me. No, no. <laughs> Maybe I, having a crazy dream no, about no, James it, Blunt, it, which it, it wouldn't did, be the first time, occur. wouldn't be the last time. It's something um, he's not well known for, but it, that event did occur, and mm. he did prevent well a fight at least yeah, from yeah, kicking yeah. off. There is the theory that every generation believes it is living in the end times. Oh yeah, every generation. Each generation does. is the last generation. Um, the mm. Victorian fin de siècle, where they thought that everything was going to end and everyone was uh, was going to fall apart. Um, you've got that's why you have doomsday cults. That's yeah. why you have religions that have been preaching. Um, you know, everything's going to get shaken up like an etch a sketch, and we're all going to go off to heaven. Yeah. When wow. the apocalypse comes for hundreds and hundreds of years, um, and it's yeah. not happened yet, um, so maybe maybe it's maybe it's kind of human nature to think about the end of things. I mean, we all die, yeah. So we all face yeah. a personal apocalypse. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Cheerful podcast. Yeah, <laughs> the jokes will come. Well. <laughs> So that's silence. Which, uh, part, part, of, part of me is wondering if we actually want an apocalypse. Because human beings, we're, we're natural-born survivors. Okay, yes, we're all yeah. a bit shit nowadays, but we were at one stage in our evolution natural-born survivors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we have lost a lot of that. I mean, we're, we're sitting here in our wooden bunker with our heating and cans of food, and yeah, if a wild animal came up to us, the only thing we could do is chase after it and hope it tires before we do, which isn't <laughs> going to happen. Yes. But I think it's the, the struggle to survive is what people like. Do you think they want that to experience that, that appeals? People yes. put themselves in that position. So post-apocalyptic gaming then yeah. must be of a special interest because you actually do get... You're not just watching a TV show, watching a film where it's happening. You are yes. pitting your wits against <coughs> well, the game or the other players, but also through the flavour, um, the post-apocalypse itself. Yeah. Yeah, well, the ones that are... 
computer video game sales of post popular games tend to have sold better, or at least have gone down better as they've been have involved that survival element as a bigger thing, Daisy, Fallouts, um, or along those kind of lines. So those sort of kind of games kind of sell a bit better than yeah. than the other ones. Not a hundred percent of the time, but as far as post apocalyptic games. We mentioned Rage. Yes. Rage could have taken place anywhere. You could have replaced the enemies with little monsters. Yeah. And given you um, magical weapons and had Quake, you could have made them into demons and you'd have Doom. It's just, a, it's just a, um, it was just a setting. It was just a background. There's no feeling of actually having to survive. Yeah, no. very true. Yeah. Or you've just been resurrected out of the ground and, and none of the things you knew were here anymore. Okay, here's a go and get on with it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, my, it's my got pro- that flavour. My problem yeah. with it was, haha, you've awoken from this bunker. Hang on, I, I, I just played Fallout. Did I put the wrong disc in? <laughs> Aha, this, you must help these people in the waste. No, no, I'm sure I put the wrong disc in here. I've, I've definitely put the wrong disc in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and it did, again, feel a bit like Borderlands, which don't just come out of it before that as well. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it did feel derivative. Yeah. But then those things were derivative of what Rage was originally, the team that did Rage originally did, which was like Quake and Doom. And yeah, and there's always a chain of influence. Yeah. yeah. And well, I suppose we're looking for, you'd expect the people that came up with Doom and Quake to make a jump. You expect them to be industry leaders. You expect them to be doing something new and interesting with what they do, not just rehashing all their games in a post-apocalyptic skin. Yeah, it looked lovely. Yes. Oh, it looks stunning. Yeah. But, but it came on for, for something that came on free CDs. It yeah. should have looked lovely. But, yeah, but you know, why, why jump off something you've got a history of and um, it's easy and you can just redo? Let's look at Duke Nukem and play World of Warcraft for. Ten years was it? Yeah. Well, that's the story, isn't it? That instead of actually making Duke Nukem, they just sat and played World of Warcraft as research for ten years yeah. um, until the money ran out. Don't know how true that is. That's uh, merely what we've been told. Allegedly. <laughs> well, my problem with it straight away was the box art, which said from the creators of Doom and Quake, two games that are so old now you could probably run them off a typewriter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're using that as a reference for the games they did it's like that's really cool and, and well done for making those games but that was over 20 years ago yeah what you haven't Doom was, what, yeah, ha- what have you done since apart from Quake 2 which was shit Doom 3 yeah. Doom 3 which was not bad but it not was, great yeah it was again the same thing they'd already done some shiny yeah it was a massive corridor with a series of invisible doors that opened up behind you depositing enemies backwards if you play through Doom 3 running backwards the entire time <laughs> uh, it's really really easy uh, but it does lose some of the tension <laughs> there you go that's a post-apocalyptic game not to learn from yes. apocalypse no, behind. Well, it's like a no, miniature that's, apocalypse that's, isn't that's it? how to survive the apocalypse run, run around backwards yeah, yes. there you go your first top tip for the evening <laughs> to survive in the apocalypse always run backwards yes excellent oh did you know oh. you know um, the boy in Fallout because I wanted to very briefly talk about Fallout because Fallout 4 is coming which is imminent which boy Pit, uh, Pit boy oh the Pit boy you know where he's got his thumb out Yes. And it looks like he's like being, hey, like the Fonzie. Yes. The Fonzie. Fonzie or the Fonz. I'm sure. You know where he's got his thumb out, like the Fonz? <laughs> um, do you know what he's actually doing? Um, trying to get a lift. No? No? Do you know where he's got his thumb out? 
because he's trying to target somebody off in the distance. Sort of. If you look at his face, half his face is in shadow. Um, the thing was, um, Americans were taught if you if there was a, a mushroom cloud in the distance, if you held your thumb out oh. at your thumb's length and looked at it through one eye, if your thumb covered the explosion, you would survive. Otherwise, you were too close and you'd probably die either immediately or from the fallout. So what he's actually doing, although he looks really cheerful and happy, is he's actually trying to find out if he's going to survive or not, which I thought was brilliant when I found that out. I thought That's it was amazing. absolutely wonderful. My um, thumb is gone. <laughs> now, it does sound as ridiculous as... I mean, Fred's, again, go back to the re- reference ourselves again. Uh, Fred's did the whole painting everything white thing. Which always sounded ridiculous to me. So I could, yeah, I, don't worry, I'll explain. Okay. Um, okay. It painted all the... Um, one of the recommendations in the survival for a nuclear apocalypse thing was paint your room white, white as quickly as possible if you have loads of warning, obviously, okay. to the paint line around. Because it and, reflects the radiation? Well, that was the uh, that was the feeling. Part. We never really explained it, feeling behind But Fred's mentioned it as a kind of... It might help... Because white would, should theoretically reflect the light. If you're it's in front of you and you're not behind a white painted thing, it should reflect enough the light to absorb it because of the way white works. But it's not very likely. And then also to mention the guy who did it went blind anyway. Yeah. Is, is this just like where they recommend as the plane is plummeting down towards the earth at 100 miles or 700 miles an hour that you very carefully place the oxygen mask over your own head? Yeah. Not because it's going to do anything, but you're distracted and not panicking and running around. So if Britain in the 70s had emerged into a nuclear war, everyone would have been too busy redecorating their house <laughs> to actually uh, cause any trouble. Well, what was it? They, uh, they under, get under the table was yes. one of the big things. Yeah. Oh, duck the, and cover. Duck yeah. and cover duck from and the cover. 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah, no, under, don't worry. Hide under your kitchen table. Yeah, they used to be drills. The American yeah, school kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah to save you from a 100 kiloton nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> But it'll probably leave your dental records intact so they can identify who you were. Had your actual dental records survived <laughs> in the dentist's um, locked in a very sturdy uh, metal cabinet. That's fine, because um, the dentist's walls are all painted white, so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be all right. <laughs> that's why they've got white coats. Yes, yeah, they're fine. They've got no issues. Um, so, yes. Um, do we have time to discuss a little bit of Fallout? Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, yeah excellent. Because I'm a huge fan of Fallout. Oh, yes. Um, I remember I first played Fallout 2 when it came out then I went back and played Fallout 1 when Fallout 2 was very new so I'd have been a youngish teenager Mm. Um, then very excited for Fallout 3 Um, played quite a lot of New Vegas but didn't quite get along with it Mm. Um, what are your what are your guys' experiences of the game? Uh, well, with Fallout, I only joined in at three. Uh, um, has Johnny come late, this? I'm afraid so. Well, I, I think you I, say I, as a consequence to us. No, that's true. Uh, it never has been. Uh, but I didn't have a PC when I was younger, <laughs> and the ones we did have was, uh, if anyone remembers this, an Acorn. Ooh, yeah, I'll ooh. give you a moment to, to remember those machines. Um, um, so I had no chance of running Fallout on, on my PC. No um, text processors struggled on Acorn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to turn into oaks, which will be mighty <laughs> supercomputers capable of running all games all at once. Yes, yes, it will. Unfortunately, did you bury yours in soil? Yes. That's all right then, it'll grow eventually. <laughs> yes. Take about three centuries, but it'll be fine. Um 
However, I do recall when buying Fallout 3, I got very excited by what I saw, and we went out and bought it during the midnight release. We did. I think oh. that was... That's not the last midnight release I attended. No. We went to a Call of Duty one, and I didn't actually buy the game because they annoyed me. <laughs> I wasn't there for that one. We're not there. I, no, I, 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 heard, I heard of that <laughs> one. Um, one of our other friends told me how you'd gone there. For the midnight release for it. Midnight release apocalypse story coming? <laughs> well, no. What what happened was I went to my semi-local game store, Game, who sell games. In capitals. Just, just think of how rubbish that is. <laughs> Ooh, we've paid our marketing department a million pounds to brand our company. Call it Game. Um... So, yeah, went out to game, queued up for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? No, Call of, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare 2, was it called? Or was it Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? Call of Duty, Duty Calls um, Warfare Modern Fighter Advanced Warfare Ops the 7th. I would say I'm trying to look for the box to see what the title is, but I think I threw mine out the window out of disgust and disappointment. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, I think it was Modern Warfare Two. Yes, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Call of Duty for Modern Warfare Two or Call of Duty <laughs> Modern Warfare. <laughs> Wait, let's just call it Modern uh, Modern Warfare Two we'll and call move it, on. Yes, this is the, this is our apocalypse. We just <laughs> argue about the name of a game over and over again. I think Activist should do this as well. Like, oh, we've used so many adjectives. I'm stuck. What do we use now? <laughs> it will depend. Oh, a hundred years in the future is going to be so confusing when they go. I played Call of Duty seventy nine, Modern Warfare sixty two <laughs> slash Sci Fi <laughs> seven. <laughs> on my prehistoric <laughs> bomb rush. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on my Nintendo X Station 7. <laughs> yes. Um, that's already a better name than the Wii. Uh, and the Wii U! Um, that sounds like it smells. Bless. Um, yes. Reversing. <laughs> Trying to catch up with the world's longest story. I went to my local game store, queued up for Modern Warfare 2, and got to the, the counter. Now, the RRP of a, of a game is forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's what that's what yeah. the recommended retail price is. And as we know, no one anywhere ever charges the recommended retail price yeah. because someone will always undercut you. So at this time, this was the time when games cost forty pounds. That's how much yeah. you'd expect to pay. Yeah. They wanted to charge me fifty five quid for it. Fifty five after I queued up. So instead, I crossed over to the nearby Tesco's. Other supermarkets are available, but not for this story, and bought it for fifty. No. Forty two ninety nine, and then I got another game for half price. Yeah, because uh, I bought it, and they had loads of them, and I didn't have to talk to anyone to do so, yeah. which is always a bonus. True. Did exactly the same thing for really forty four. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I watched all my friends in the queue at game, and spent ten minutes in the queue outside Tesco's. Walked in and went, "This was ten pound cheaper," and walked off. Yeah, we got our Fallout Free editions from the Tesco's at midnight. Yes. We didn't go into game, we went straight into Tesco's, and the poor man who was trying to put the games out on the shelf, we went, we got Fallout 3. Uh, I think so, I haven't put them out yet. <laughs> go get us Fallout 3. We want four copies of Fallout 3 immediately, please. I'd forgotten that very timid, confused man. Yes, he... He, he, he looked at us like we were making it up. Yes, he did look at us... I think, I think he understood what we wanted... 
I just don't believe he understood why we wanted it at that point in time. Why going, is this so popular? I don't understand. If he didn't know that that's when it came out, then essentially three people had walked in at midnight and just demanded a random product. <laughs> a, a, an expensive product. Oh, but a yeah, random product. Forty-five, forty-four ninety-nine. I think that costs. Yes. And I loved Fallout 3. I'm very much looking forward to Fallout 4. I mm. uh, wasn't quite so keen on uh, New Vegas. Um, anything that you've seen that you're looking forward to in Fallout 4? Yes and no at the same time. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> I, I quite like the look of the base building. Yes. And being able to gather scrap material to build a base. You can then employ guards... Um, to, to watch over it and add different sections. It's all modular made, so you, you could sit there and make a giant castle if you feel like yeah. it. The bad side to it is it is it all just filler. Yeah, potentially the program will that in rather than the little interesting side quests. Is, is there going to be a story based around it? Is there going to be consequences for bringing? Are you able to bring NPCs with you in order? You know, set up a new arc if you like. Are you are you able to establish it as a town? If it's just build a home because you've got an hour to kill and you've got better, nothing better to do, then I will be bored. Unless it actually directly. Involves the story in somewhat. It seems it will be a bit pointless. It's a Bethesda yeah. game. It will be full of random things that have absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing. Yes, um, that's, you know, that's my fear for it. Probably a fairly short yeah. main campaign, um, and everything else is yeah. um, glitter, glitter, and glitter um, and glue upon its shiny corpse. Yeah, no, that didn't really work, did it? Well, I mean, it, it might... In a post-apocalypse, it works. Yeah, yeah. 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 on the shiny corpse. Yeah. And as, as the world is dying around us, uh, the Rosses will be there. It's icing on the stodgy and unsatisfying cake that is a Bethesda <laughs> storyline. <laughs> <line. laughs> I preferred the glitter, because light reflecting. Yes. Yeah. Ah, see, I, I prefer the icing analogy, because sometimes if I feel like cake but I'm a bit full I'll just eat all the icing off of a normal piece of cake oh you're one of those and and we're stuck in a bunker with you that's unpleasant you can eat my sponge I don't want like sponge. I don't, I don't want the sponge. I don't want the sponge. The sponge is dry and boring without the icing on top. Oh, you're one of those expensive. Uh... Yes, yes, I am. I want jam and everything in my. My father warned me about guys like you. You're only after me for my expensive icing. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, you mentioned base building, and my heart and soul collapsed like a flan in a cupboard. It did seem to. I can see the tears in your That eyes. doesn't appeal to me at all, which is quite ironic because we're going to move on and talk about Mutant Year Zero um, in a few minutes, which is what mm. prompted this kind of post-apocalyptic special. Um, I don't have much interest in the base building. If I wanted to build things, I could play all those Minecraft-type games that I don't oh. play because I don't want to build things. Don't talk about Minecraft. It's a but if, I suppose <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing, then the idea of building your base and doing all of that is yeah. really exciting. Yes, but it, it, it bores me. It's, it, it doesn't seemed, need a tower defence minigame tacked onto it just because that's cool. That's what I'm worried about. I'm looking yeah. forward to it because it could be absolutely spectacular, but I feel it's just going to be there for the sake of being there and not have any consequence to your character or story other than here's a base you can build if yeah. you want 
a little bit because like things like rust and things have got to involve now. It's like, oh, if you do it, everyone has a crafting system now, so they have to have yeah, they have to have it put in, and it yeah. might not mean anything. That makes yeah, it, it just to... like real life. Yes. That has its own crafting systems involved. <laughs> yes, but you're infinitely worse at it. Bear, bear in mind, in most crafting games, you could get some sellotape and a piece of 2 by 4 and that's a house. Yeah. It doesn't work in real life. Yeah, I've always found it. mining and such like to be the most tedious part of any kind of game. Yeah. But, I mean, the crafting element of things was one of the other bits in both Fallout 3 and New Vegas. I know... Um, in a quiet group because I, I really liked New Vegas to be honest <laughs> it, it needed work in places but I, you know, I liked some of the elements of it um, the crafting being one of them now it lost bits of it but Fallout 3 you could craft the far more interesting weapons I think it bits and build your own thing but it was very constructed but they like, kind of expanded on that for the guns and things like that so now you can really craft build up and craft loads of different elements for your guns and completely customise and have your own Wasteland type gun that I really like that feels very Fallout to me it's like okay I've got a last gun but this element's broken well I'm going to jimmy this into it so it works better yeah okay um, that's cool if the base building goes along those kind of elements then yeah it could be really interesting yeah but there is the risk it's just attacked on paid by committee Listen to you know, committee groups. Well, the big fear is um, the reason they put it in is it started as a mod in Fallout Three. Yes, um, it that's is, yeah. that's why there's a base building in Fallout Four because it was it's based off a mod made for the Fallout Three game. If that was really popular and it's really, you know, people really like that. Yeah, chuck it in the game. Doesn't bother me because I'll do the other five hundred hours of running around. Yes, you know, talking I, to I think NPC. that's what it's going to be. A we've lobbed this in because it was really popular. The mod was really popular. Yeah, but yeah. if it's if it's going to be part of the main thing, that might be cool. If it's just kind of tacked on, I'll, I'll just avoid it and ignore it, yeah. and then. I'll just sit in silence while you talk about it in a couple of months' time. If we survive the impending apocalypse. Yes. true. Knock on bunker. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all excited about Fallout 4? Yes. All quite interested? I'm really looking forward to them exploring their simulants. You mean briefly, one, again, spoilers for a game that's quite old. We should just spoil a warning all other shows. This tough shit. Um... Aww. In the uh, ship, it's the River City. Yes, River City. The guy who <laughs> is kind. If, if you push him enough, announces that he's a runaway simulant. I've just realised that we have accidentally been influenced by Fallout in our game of mutant because River all City. the mutants live on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys knew that and did it on purpose, I'm running the game and didn't realise that's why you're doing no, it. No, not in purpose. <laughs> Once we started building it up as a group. Then it started going, I've done this. <laughs> did did this no one awesome. notice when no. I made the joke going, how big's the boat? Is it an aircraft carrier? Yeah. Yeah. No, that went straight over my head. Oh, okay. Well, that was what I was making the joke for when <laughs> I went, is it an aircraft carrier? For uh, Have we got Rivet City? Wow, excellent. Sorry, um, what were we saying? Um, the guy in Rivet City yeah. who's a runaway stimulant. Yeah. A stimulant. <laughs> that's very different. Stimulant, that's yes. someone's. Bit, I mean, he is right. a piece of coke. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one way of of getting a lady to use you. I'm a stimulant. Yeah. Put me inside of you. <laughs> Some kind of robotic masseuse <laughs> just runs around. It's going to stimulate your feet for a bit. There we go. Cheers, robot buddy. Have some nuclear energy. Because everything runs on nuclear power. It does. Yes. Um, because it's retro futuristic. I quite like the idea of because. 
the retro futuristic going back to what the 50s thought the future would be, yeah. be like is starting to get a little bit old. I've probably spent 500 hours of my life playing Fallout games. Yeah, which is I, a long I can actually term. tell you I'm at exactly at 290 hours for Fallout for yes. well, roughly 290 hours. So yeah, it's and you never played I never one played the others. No. No. I It's not that it's being overdone in my opinion it's not been done to enough of an extent. Where? When when you look at all the cars, yes, they're all very 1950s. Uh, the yeah. Brotherhood of Steel look very 1950s armour. But apart from that, there's entire sections of the game which you could think it's any other Mad Max generic clone. Yeah, it's got other influences in it's, there. It's got a... And all the, oh, yeah, sorry, I must mention all the all, all the robotics in there because they are all very yeah. 1950s. Yeah, Mr. Handy yeah. definitely... Yeah. I just feel that everybody else, they're not... Wearing enough 1950s clothing mm. for it to look 1950s. Did I mean, you I was... come across the Margarets in New Vegas. I think they're called the Margarets. I gave up with New Vegas within an hour. See, that's one, one bits of New breaking Vegas bug. I, I really liked was the they, they introduced a lot more of the 50 weird 50s elements. There was an entire gang of uh, Elvis impersonators. I I both loved and hated that bit. It was ridiculous and silly, yes. but also very Fallout. quite quite funny. Yes, yeah, or very original Fallout from yes. Obsidian. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know they've come across Elvis Presley impersonation school and gone. Well, you wouldn't impersonate somebody who isn't some form of God. Well, he's so the we king. Just do it. He's the king. He's so the king. He's the most important person. Which yeah, makes yeah. sense in apocalypse because yeah. that's entirely what's yeah. going to happen. And they're all dressed up in 1950s garb and talk like Elvis Presley. There's um, a troop mm-hmm. of three women you can randomly come across called them. I think they're called the Margarets. So I could be wrong. This is like irate Irene, Mad Margaret, and somebody else. And they're all like ni- elderly 1950s housewives who beat you to death with rolling pins. Wow, that's <laughs> actually quite cool. Yeah. I didn't come across that. I was too busy endlessly slogging from one New California Republic camp to another. Yeah, well, that yeah, they did lose it there, but it had more of this. We sound ridiculous again. I like silly, apparently. So the odd elements that the previous Fallout 1 and 2 had in it, where there was... Yeah, there's more of that. You can do a wacky wasteland. Is that the perfect yes, you can take? Yes, that's yeah, yeah, because I love that get stuff. more of that kind of thing Bumping as well. into, you know, uh, Monty Python's flying circus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Fallout, with the uh, Knights of the Round Table turn up or the guy on the bridge who asks you the riddle. Do you yeah. think there's a Japanese podcast out there discussing Fallout going, ah, oh, these Western games, the the stories are crazy, I don't understand them. Just like <laughs> we were doing for Metal Gear Solid last, last week. Because yeah. really, when you think about it, that's that might be the kind of equivalent, isn't it? It's a, yeah, yeah. It, it tells... It has lots of little stories and lots of things that lots aren't of, necessarily tonally consistent. Yes, yes. lots and of references um, that yeah. only make sense to us because we've grown up with them. Yeah. So postmodern. Yes, probably. Incredibly. <laughs> Excellent. So we're all looking forward to seeing what Fallout Four is, even though we might have some reservations about bits and pieces. I'm yes. Yeah. If it's an okay Fallout game, it'll still be worth me playing it through and, and enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it is as good as free, which to be fair to Bethesda, they don't tend to make their sequels worse than no. the ones before. Um, it'll be fine. Whether or not it'll make me drool everywhere like Bloodborne has or The Witcher 3, not sure, but I, it will be worth playing. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Um, we could talk about, just before we dive into Mutant Year Zero, 
which was meant to be the main thrust. We didn't actually introduce it at the beginning, did we? That's fine. That's a bit terrible. We could talk very briefly about Dead of Winter, because we've talked a lot about video games up to now on the podcast. We have promised you some tabletop gaming, um, some board gaming, some RPG uh, type discussion. So Dead of Winter... Then we'd like to briefly explain what Dead of Winter is, because I'm bored of the sound of my own voice. Fantastic. Uh, (laughs) Dead of Winter is a board game um, in which you and your fellow friends playing the game, or family, or burglars, or whoever is currently in your house to play. Yeah, the people you invite on Twitter to come around your house and play board games. Oh, I do all the time. Um, Yeah, that seems a wise video. In which you play a group of survivors picked from a a pool who have a a variety of skills, and then you must gather resources and equipment needed to feed those back at your main base while fending off hordes of undead. During the winter. During the winter. So you've got the dual things of going anywhere is really dangerous unless you use fuel to drive your car. So if you walk anywhere, there's a chance that your characters will get infected or killed or wounded. But the fuel is needed to then heat your place up. Yes, so you've immediately got decisions. Everyone plays like their own little band, their own group. Yeah. And you have a communal goal. So you might, you, you can draw it randomly, you can decide. There's about eight in the game, I think, where it might be, okay, we need to find a cure. So we're going to go out, kill loads of zombies. When we get a certain number of samples, we'll know enough about the virus to cure it. It might just be, it's a really horrible winter. We need to survive yes. for a certain number yeah. of turns. Yeah. I recall one being, um, you want to get out. So you have to stockpile fuel. Stockpile fuel, food for, a, for the journey. Yeah. Head to head to Florida. It's a, an American game. Yes. Um, all good. However, each individual group also has a secret objective. Yeah. yeah. I always get build a killer robot every time we play. <laughs> every time we play the game, we get build a killer robot. And yes, to to win, not only must you as a group work together, so it's cooperative against the game itself, and has its own mechanisms for sort of combating you that happen automatically at the end of each turn. Um, you also have to complete your own secret goal. So it might come to the point where you need fuel to heat your camp, but you yeah. also need fuel for your killer robot. And yeah. are you going to share your fuel or are you going to pretend you haven't got any and keep your cards literally close to your chest so no one can see them <laughs> yeah, um, and go... Under seats as one of us has done before. Yes, yeah. Colin. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Um, yes, and one of my objectives was to arm each of my survivors with a minimum of two guns at the time, because you can collect additional survivors for your group. At yes. the time, I had four survivors and eight weapons ready for my the completion of my secret objective, and one of my poor friends sitting next to me who was desperately needed a gun for his, his characters and I was just going no I haven't got any spare guns for you nope sorry no guns here these are not the cards you are looking for yep. <laughs> yes brilliant so immediately there's a tension and you can't quite trust the other people around the, the table and you're looking at each other you're trying to suss out are they telling the truth are they lying and then the master stroke of the game yeah. is that there is a small chance, doesn't happen in every game, but there is a small chance, and it's about 25-30%, uh, depending on the size of your group, of course. There's a small chance that one of the players is actually, their secret objective is to be the betrayer. So they mm-hmm. need to achieve some objective of their own, and then force everyone else to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there are many ways to lose Dead of Winter. Um, you have a morale system, 
and if your people starve so you don't feed them for a turn, your morale goes down. If someone dies, your morale goes down. Um, if some random events happen, morale can go up or down. We'll talk about the random events in a minute because they're also really cool. Yeah. So you don't know, is Colin holding out because he's got the fuel for his killer robots or his guns for himself? Or is it because he's planning on murdering everyone because he's the betrayer? (laughs) And the tension is brilliant. And even when it's not your go, you're watching what everyone is doing. Because you're discussing how to play the game. You're discussing what to do. And it stops that quarterbacking that happens, as they call it, in board games. Not not heard of that term? It's that well, one person kind of goes, okay, so we're going to do this, 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 you need to do that, and then you need to do that. Yeah, one person tries to solve the puzzle and just get everyone to do it. They may as well be playing on their own. Yeah. Someone does that, starts telling you what to do, and you disagree. You can shout, betrayer, and ignore <laughs> everything they're saying. Of course, if you are the betrayer, you can go, betrayer, and then do what you wanted to do anyway. Well, I actually, I'm going to recall an instance here, because okay. uh, it still winds me up. To, well, it doesn't wind me up, but it was still a masterstroke of genius to this day. One time we were playing Dead of Winter with our small group, and we realised that we could beat the game. We had enough components um, to gather together for our objective. Um so we were planning our last turn. Two of the members of our group were nattering amongst themselves about how they've got to do this, 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 and this. And then Brian... That's me. <laughs> ...sitting next to me on his go, looking at the other two talking, discussing how we were going to complete this game. And Brian just moved somewhere else, completely screwing over the plan <laughs> and actually the game itself, destroying the objective before I finally got hold of the other two's attention by clicking their faces, <laughs> going, Brian's just fucked us both. Um, he's the betrayer. At that point, it being too late to do anything about it. I don't think I've ever won a game of Dead of Winter playing cooperatively. I've won every single game where I've been the betrayer by waiting to the end and messing with you yes. and doing something really, really horrible. Yeah, because you're a lovely human being. You can't. You don't seem to be able to tell when I'm lying. Well, any other game, it's it's fairly easy because you talk too much. Yes, but in Dead, Dead of Winter, Winter you but... have to constantly talk yeah. amongst each other, going right. What are we going to do, and how are we going to survive this? And then, so you're all we're all talking, and then you just go, yeah. I've, I've, I've abandoned all your people to be eaten by zombies. Oh, yeah. cheers, Brian. <laughs> I think I lost two people in that turn. And delicious, they tasted too. Um, Sure they did. As well as your salty tears. One of them was a fat trucker, so he probably was quite filling. Yes. Um, So immediately, I mean, we could tell story after story about Dead of Winter. It has such a great feel to it. The idea that it's not necessarily, and the zombies are dangerous, but it's the other players you've got to watch out for. It's the other human beings, um, which seems to be a big theme with post-apocalyptic yeah, um, settings, settings, and fiction, zombie, zombie stories, Walking Dead. You can go episodes without really seeing a zombie because it's actually about the people and the interactions and that. that yeah. Who do you trust? Who do you not? How do people manipulate groups? How do people gain power within groups? Yeah, and it really has that flavour. And I absolutely love playing uh, playing Dead of Winter yeah. mostly because I get to be really horrible to Colin and yeah. Uh, yeah, win. But that's where the event cards really come in, especially with yes. as well. So as well as the people you've got around you who you instantaneously suspect, yeah. you will come across other survivors in the other areas occasionally. Yeah. And the events that happen with that survivor are not exactly randomised, but there's this kind of... It could be an either-or scenario. Yeah. Are you going to help 
the small defenseless children hiding in the school classroom, or are you going to abandon them because you you can hear the zombies call, calling for their wailing cries? Yes, um, they give you some really hard decisions. What happens is every time the player starts their turn, the player next to them draws what they call a crossroads card. It's their sort of the um, plaid plaid hat. Is it played or plaid? I thought it was plaid. plaid. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Plaid hat games um, have kind of trademarked that as a system. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, Hopefully yes. there's more Crossroads games coming. They've, they've said that they're going to do some more and I will be pre-ordering whatever they, they bring out because I enjoy Dead of Winter so much and I love the, the, uh, the idea of the Crossroads cards. Yeah. So a player draws a Crossroads card and it will say, if the currently active player does this, read this card aloud. It might be if they drive somewhere and actually they have an accident on the road and you read it out and it gives them, you know, are they going to forge on to their destination on foot or are they going to turn around and go back and there's risks and rewards yeah, either way. On both, yeah. uh, it might be that their character sees uh, a plane go overhead. If you try and follow it, do you follow it to the supply drop? You might need to fight your way there. You could get some stuff or do you ignore it because it's dangerous and you're not going out on your own? Um, there's things with zombie children. There's interactions between different characters and you've got big pool of... 20 or so characters that you can choose from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll be if this character is active or if this character is at this location and it's tied into them. There's a huge stack of them, so we've not really had any repeats. We've played, we've probably played a dozen games or so of it since I picked it up at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, It was very hard to get hold of. Yeah. But now I think they've kind of sorted out their supply issues. Uh, But well worth playing, well worth finding out which are your friends. Uh, you can trust and which of your friends you can't. The answer is none of them. Yeah. It's simply trust <laughs> none of them ever. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, if you like the sound of that, I've actually written an article for Dirge magazine uh, that you can go find by going on their, their website. I think it's dirgemagazine.net, but I really should have researched that. But just type Dirge magazine into the search engine of your choice, as long as it's not Bing, because I don't like that one. We... we <laughs> Theoretically, we'll um, link up to it as well, hopefully. Yeah, we'll pop a, excellent, we'll pop a link to it. Uh, it discusses that. It also discusses Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. And I also discuss... Um, resistance. Yes. Um, we also discuss Sheriff of Nottingham and Resistance in there. Which as does well. border on being another kind of post-apocalyptic thing, depending on... Slightly, yeah. It's dystopian future. Uh, it's games that are all about screwing over your friends. Yeah. Uh, which... Who doesn't like screwing over their friends exactly. in the name of entertainment? Yeah. So please go have a look because um, I, I really enjoyed A, playing all the games and B, writing the article. It'd be a shame if no one read it. Yeah. Well, if none of you read it. And let us know what you think. Um, if you like the sound of one of the games, let us know. We might be able to cover it in a future podcast in more detail. Yeah. Tell you some of our war stories. Yes. Um, about there are it. many. <clears throat> so that's board games covered. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> my cough out of the way. <laughs> there we go. Do, do you think we need to take him outside? He might be infected. Oh, no, I thought we were dealing with a nuclear apocalypse, not a zombie apocalypse. Grab him! Grab him! <laughs> Guys, I said it was a cold! <laughs> we'll be back soon. We've chained Colin up outside to see if the infection takes hold. Once we know whether it's safe, we'll be back to finish the podcast. Guys, you got any beans? Shut up! <laughs>